If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. I don't need no wine and dine, I want something high class. High class. I spend my nights at home romancing the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash. Roll call. Todd. Paige. The, the other guy. Oh, yeah. Mike. Tuning into Romancing the Pod, you had us at Hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch Stardust. Stardust. So, have you guys seen this movie before? Yes. I saw it when it came out and I did not like it. What? I saw it in theaters when it came out and I loved it. Yes, I think I just was in a different space because I enjoyed it a lot better this time when I watched it. I can't believe you ever didn't like it. You're insane. The first time I saw it, I was not 100%. Okay. And somebody literally pulled me aside and was like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, watch it again. Is it because Henry Cavill? The- no, I didn't recognize him the first time. I did not recognize him until the very end because I was like, what are they talking about blonde Henry Cavill? Like, he's not in the film. He is, but he's barely in it. But he's a blonde Henry Cavill. It's great. Yeah, he's barely in it. No, I ended up watching it at home. Alone, by yourself. Just relaxing yeah, yeah, yeah. into it. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> Just watching the two minutes of film that Henry Cavill <laughs> and, and really liking it a lot, a lot more. And then as I was watching it last night, I was remembering things that like weren't in the movie. And I was like, did I see a different cut? Am I going fucking crazy? And then I remembered that at one point I read the book. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So you've read the book of this. Yeah, well, it was originally a book. Is the book like a fantasy book or is it like a comedy book? Like, I mean, it's kind of both. Like, it's actually a steampunk noir. They changed a lot for the movie, Mikey. I mean, I could see that. <laughs> to be honest, they changed some things. I'll talk about it in Fun Facts, but that's how I realized because I was going through Fun Facts and I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> like uh, probably close to 15 years ago, not quite 15 years ago, I read the book. But it is a fantasy book. I don't know if you ever read Princess Bride. Have either of you read the book Princess Bride? I had it read to me once when I was a child. Uh, A sick man came into my bedroom and read it to me (laughs) while I was actually sick as well. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of sick? (laughs) I was actually the one that was sick. Uh, Uh, Yeah, it was uh, Columbo came in and read it to me while I was in bed. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you're okay. It was extra impressive (laughs) because he had that lazy eye. And I'm like, how's he reading with that? (laughs) It's actually the lazy eye that reads, Paige. (laughs) Keep one eye on the book. Keep one eye on the kid. 
Um, so the book of Princess Princess Bride is very good and very, very fun. And I read a copy of Princess Bride so many times it fell apart. Yes. Yeah. Like in wow. high school, that was like my book. Is it like the tone of The Hobbit? Like, I think The Hobbit is, a, is an amazing book. No, it's the tone of the movie. I hated Lord of the Rings, the books. The Hobbit has a lighter tone. It does, but it's just all the traveling where there's oh, like so many chapters. It's exhausting. Mikey just hates the songs in Lord of the Rings. That's what it is. I just skip. <laughs> like, I'm not going to read this song. I hate the songs in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, I hated that also. I'm like, motherfucker, it's like the whole world's going to end. Like, stop singing and get your shit together. Yeah. No, the, I, Star, Stardust is a lot more fun. I mean, I, I find that Neil Gaiman, Gaiman? I think it's Gaiman. Did he write that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I love him. I find that Neil Neil Gaiman's a lot more fun. Anyway, so I definitely like this better in a second viewing, and then each subsequent viewing, I've liked it more and more. Okay. I mean, I loved this when I first saw it. I loved it again tonight. It's actually one of those movies that I saw, loved, and then didn't revisit. Like, I think I've seen this maybe yeah. three times, one of which was last night. But I love it. It's so good. I mean, even when you said last week we were doing this, I was immediately like, Yes, I love this movie. So, and it held up, man. I still love this movie. I mean, it's great. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Like, I was alone. I like, I like put it on last night. I like kind of snuggled in on the couch and I was like, oh, this feels like really good. Like, I like this. Yeah. It's also one of those movies I forget exists a yeah, lot. That's, I guess that's sort of what I mean because like I love this movie, but didn't revisit it for like, you know, 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I go years in between viewings of this movie. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the last time I watched this movie is because someone was like, oh, yeah, Henry Cavill was in that. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> no, I think wasn't. I'd know. I think I'd know if Henry Cavill was in something and then rewatched it was like, oh, damn. All right. He sword fights like a robot. But all right, let's do this. <laughs> Just the blonde hair. It, he should not be blonde. No. Would you still let him spit on you, Paige? Blonde Henry Cavill? Honestly, and like looking like that, no. Like that sounds <laughs> Step terrible. Step up your hair game, Cavill. That sounds <laughs> terrible, but like in this movie, I was just like, I am repelled. I think it would depend which part of me he was going to spit on. I don't know what that means, but I have a thousand questions, Mikey. I also saw last night the uh, the porno version of Knives Out, which was just cocks out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that a real thing? No, I I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was just picturing the chair that Jamie Lee Curtis sits in with just a ton of, a ton of dicks instead of weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it just still has Chris Evans in that sweater. It, it is, but that's that's it. That's all he that's, wears. Oh, it's yes. just Penny, Winnie the Pooh style with that sweater. <laughs> oh no. Okay, now I'm back out. <laughs> and back in and back out. You're gonna like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe we should get into this movie, not the porn parody version of it. Star Dicks. Star Dicks. I'm not not into it. I'll be honest with you. I'm no, I'm I'm here for it. Robert De Niro dressed as a woman, like lip syncing for his life. Yes, yes. Cinched mm -hmm. to the gods. Yes. Captain Shakespeare. Yes. Shakespeare famously. Also dressed in drag occasionally. So. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of actors at the time did. All theater nerds do. Yeah. 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 I wasn't a theater nerd, but I've done drag. I've worn pants. You're a theater nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I was never in theater, Mikey. I would probably consider myself the type of person that is a theater nerd, but I didn't have the electives. 
you seem like you'd be like, oh, I put a stage in my basement and I've been putting on plays for the neighborhoods. No, no, that's me, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey, you're referring to my sister and I, who at one point were tap dancing in the garage. So surprisingly, we turned <laughs> out more normal. Agreed. <laughs> then me? Hang on. Todd, I mean, wait, we, this is. Paul, who's more normal, me or Todd? Are you just asking Mikey? I feel like that's a biased yeah. jury. That's unfair. I, I'm a professional and I'm going to have to just go ahead and say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Paige. I knew Thank you would. You bastard. I, unlike Paige, did not have a like garage or basement where I could tap dance, but I did have friends with like camera equipment and stuff. So we just made short films and stuff. Yeah, that garage was always full when Truxtunitioner came over. <laughs> it's been a while since we talked about Truxtunitioner. Yeah, I, uh, I have appreciated that. Did you guys want to get into this movie or not? No. I want more conversation. We're only 13 minutes in. This is actually a good movie, unlike some of the ones we've done in the past. No, no, no. I'm excited about it. Wait, I want to do first thoughts. I have done enough we just did like 20 minutes of first thoughts wait first off we've only been recording for 12 minutes <laughs> all right mikey what are your i'm gonna say second thoughts because we've done first yeah. thoughts what are your yeah, second yeah. What thoughts are, what mikey? are your 11 z's <laughs> thoughts <laughs> lord of the rings i want to do second z's second z's uh, thoughts what i really wanted to see in fellowship of, of the ring was like people get mad at each other on the road like frodo being like shut the fuck up boromir you can't hold the ring yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. I would just fucking throw hobbits at that point because I'm like, <laughs> these little fuckers. Because they're ba it's basically a metaphor for like taking kids across the country on a road trip, right? I don't think that is what it's a metaphor for. I don't think it's meant to be, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> we have more to do yet. Shut the fuck up and eat your damn popcorn. Why yeah. didn't we just take an eagle here? <laughs> Grandpa Gandalf. <laughs> is dead and he is not coming back <laughs> we're going to have to deal with it we've strapped him to the top of the caravan but gandalf was right when he said they should have flown you fools yeah <laughs> right <laughs> anyway mikey what are your second thoughts yeah what are your second these thoughts when i first saw this movie i think what i didn't like about it's like it, i didn't think it knew what it was going to be like it was either going to be like a sci-fi like a fantasy adventure or mm -hmm. a romantic comedy and i feel like the second time when i watched it maybe it was in a different place where i feel like it did it better because it felt like they rushed their relationship the first time and i guess i didn't notice how much time they spent on the airship together to like develop yeah. that yeah well and right off the airship too when they're like walking down the road it's it's really cute like i really like the, mm -hmm. the way they're relationship develops i yeah. will say that i have a huge crush on claire danes but i don't i am not attracted to her in this movie really it's a very different look for her and a very different character for her and i have a list of other people that they considered and i don't think any of them are right either i think she is the best of the people whose names have been brought up for this role and i think she does a really great job because i think she is she plays her very very sweet and it's yeah. very endearing and you do really mm -hmm. like yeah. her i thought she was great in this she's also a great actress i did think she was good i just wasn't like i want to get it you know what i'm saying <laughs> yo that star can get it i don't think the point is for you to get it when i say it i'm like <laughs> i want to like get down on one knee and like like really like like appreciate who she is as a person and then like <laughs> grow old with her. I want to be able to pinch you with my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put a ring on that second big toe. <laughs> second big toe? Two big toes, Mikey? <laughs> Okay, fuck Todd's feet. What's going on at your house? <laughs> I have big toes. <laughs> Mikey, everyone knew you had big toes. What do you call the second, the toe next to the big toe? The index toe. The index toe? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Which little piggy is it? The one that went to market. Okay, that's the one that you put a ring on. <laughs> that is the one where toe rings typically Yeah, Mikey, go, everyone yes. knew what toe you put a ring on when you said put a ring on it. I don't even have a weird thing with feet, and I feel like this is what's going to come out of this. Mikey, you do have a weird thing with feet. I'm just going to say that. It may not be sexual, but you like to pinch women's boobies with your feet. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking weird. I didn't enjoy it. I just It just happened. Then why did you do Mikey, it? Mikey, no one believes that you didn't enjoy it. The way you laughed about it later, like an evil magician, there's no way you didn't enjoy it. Welcome to my red room. I have a particular set of things that I like. Legos on the floor. And Legos on the floor. <laughs> and then toes to pinch you with. Why are you taking your shoes off? You'll see. You'll see. Of course, Todd would keep his shoes on for sex. <laughs> Sometimes you need the traction, Mikey. It depends yeah. on where you're having sex. Like if you're in bed, no, absolutely not. But if you're right. like in the woods against a tree, yeah, I'm keeping my shoes on, and so should <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, as you should. Yeah, Mikey, are we still on your second Z's thoughts? I mean, y'all derailed him pretty good, but I'm ready. I'm ready to start. Okay, can we get into this fucking <laughs> well, movie? Wait. Oh, now Paige has some second thoughts. I wanted you to have some content about the movie to sprinkle in throughout what the fuck <laughs> we're talking about. So Jake and I were on the phone with my parents last night. Were your shoes on? <laughs> yeah, we were in the car. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, hey, Jake, we just want to thank you for not pinching our daughter with your feet. I feel like that was a dig, but that's fine. <laughs> it was very real. That was a real thing that happened. Oh, I'm sure. I'm talking to your parents. <laughs> How dare Jim come at me so hard? It was Jim. <laughs> so can we get into this movie? Do you guys have some thirdsies opinions? No, 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 no. Let's get into this Okay, movie. thank okay. God. I'm ready to start. I have, like a, I have a big monologue about the first couple of scenes. Good. I was hoping you'd dig in deep on these first couple of scenes, Mikey. <laughs> so the movie kicks off with a fair amount of of exposition and world building Oh yeah But it's Ian McKellen doing it So I'm on board for it But I'll sum it up for you It's basically <laughs> like It's like Narnia Through a wall Right But it's like actually Magical Tijuana <laughs> There's just like An open air straw market And like You can get anything Yeah I mean I will say It is it is portrayed that You could get pretty much anything Yeah <laughs> At the market you know, you sell a little something, you buy a little something. but And like, then nine months later, you get a baby. Yeah. Like, if you want to ride Mr. Thomas, you're going through a wall. You're not going through a wardrobe. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, that checks out. It's disturbing, but it checks out. Yeah. Uh, the, the way the movie portrays it is that Dunst, Dunstan Thorne, who we will learn is our main character's father. Yeah. Daddy Thorne. Yeah. Daddy Thorne, uh, the Royal Academy of Science in <laughs> London, to ask about what's beyond the wall. And I have, in fun facts, the text of that letter. Oh, do you? Awesome. Yeah. But essentially, they write back and are like, we don't know what you're talking about. You should probably stop dwelling on this a lot. And instead, he decides that he's going to go to the other side of the wall. He's fucking ready. Yeah. He's ready for an adventure. He is ready for an adventure. And so he approaches the guard at the wall and the guard is not going to let him through. And he ends up kind of tricking him where he's like, OK, I'm going home. And then the guard is an old, old man. Yes. So he as soon as he gets off the wall, he just runs, takes a run for it and gets through. It's pretty great. I will say the wall guard is my the how he gets to the other world is my least favorite part of the whole concept. I love the wall guard. I think it's to be something he stumbled on because like the whole town knows like don't go over the wall. Yeah, I mean they're like raised to believe you shouldn't go right. over there. I think yeah. it should just be something he stumbled onto by himself, more realistic. Like, okay. Well, the book has a slightly dif different relationship with the wall. Really? Okay. Where they don't go over that side. It is 
fear of the unknown still, but sometimes there, like there are groups of people, specifically the people in the market on the other side of the wall, who come to this side to sell wares. Interesting. Oh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, like wares, like winky blinky wares, or like no, no, just like market stuff. Not like sex work. They're just selling like slightly magical things. I'd imagine. Okay, okay. So yeah. like they gotta they gotta abide by our customs and laws while they're here. Right, but it's it's portrayed <laughs> as this idea of there are magical potentially dangerous things on the other side of the wall i mean there are we should stay here and and they are there are that is very true yeah leave it up to the english to not want to go explore that like if that wall was in america we would all just be like piling in all the like let's go conquer the wall if that wall was in america we couldn't get through the hole because we'd be too busy fighting and trying to get through it all at the same time mm-hmm, while mm-hmm. also stuffing burgers in our face <laughs> and then yelling at each other about being wrong about things that are trivial when we're on a rock sailing through space. You know, that's how we do. Is that an Armageddon reference? No. No, it, no it's all. just how America is. Yeah. And like we could show the wall people the real way to do things. We're like, we've come to liberate you from your king. <laughs> 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 we're going to be here for 20 years and do no real work on nation building. Mr. <laughs> Magic Man, turn down that wall. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, joining us from behind the grave, the worst president in the world, Ronald Reagan. No, there's worst presidents in the world. In the oh, in the world. world. I, I meant world's worst U.S. president. You're right. You're right. Second place, <laughs> President Hitler. Yeah. Well, Hitler Coming wasn't up third, a president. Idi Amin. I don't think he was a president either. Their title was president. Like Iran has a president. Yeah, but Hitler wasn't ever a president. He was chancellor, and then you, you yeah. would know. I would, because I know history. Like, I don't know what we're talking about. Hitlery. Well, okay, but what about when he got to Argentina? <laughs> yeah, he was president of Argentina, and then he married Ava Marone. <laughs> Ava, Ava Perone. No. It's Perone, Mikey. Oh, Mikey. my God. Mikey, no. <laughs> don't cry for me, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is he never learned history. I cry for your school All system. All through high school and some of college. He drank too much and forgot everything. <laughs> Psych major. <laughs> I don't know how we got from Stardust to Nazi Ava Perone Madonna. That is amazing. God, I love you guys. All right, so scene two. Yeah, okay. So scene two, <laughs> we've established that there's a wall holding back a magical world. Or it's yes. holding it in. <laughs> I'm just picturing. Rorschach being the yeah. wall guard, being like, you're, stuck in here you're with on me. this side of the wall with me. Yeah. <laughs> the wall was keeping me out, not holding you in. Yeah. Well, the guard does say something kind of like that later in the movie towards the end. We'll get to it. Anyway, Dunstan runs through into the forest. He sees another village down below in the valley where the marketplace is. And he goes into the market and it is full of wonders and mysterious things. Like jars full of eyes that will track your Mm -hmm. movement. But just like a man, he does not care about magic or technology he is yet to see. Just a woman in a bodice. A bodice? What do you call that thing? It's a bodice. Fucking I know. I don't know. <laughs> Mikey, you've never dated a costume seamstress. Definitely not. 
<laughs> That's a very specific take on that. But we've got to move on, guys. They haven't even fucked yet. They haven't even fucked yet. They don't fuck till like the, the end. I know, but I'm glad that the movie lets them do that. No, I mean his parents. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he gets over the wall. There's a market. There's a ton of stuff. And he does see a, a beautiful woman next to like, and I was trying to think of the right name for it. I have it as trailer in my notes, but it's like the stuff that Irish travelers tend to be in rvs got it it's like a wagon page it's just like a, like a solid wood wagon like a cart yeah but what you don't know is that that lady is a sex trafficker the witch yes yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah the witch who owns that trailer because he does come up and there is a, an old crone and then a beautiful lady and we will find out later that the old crone essentially has kidnapped and trafficked this woman, probably. Well, I don't I don't know that she's sexually trafficked this woman. I mean, I feel like she had sex with Tristan's dad of her own volition. That I think that's consensual. So she's not like selling she because the old lady is like, Oh, I see you guys have some tension, like take the wagon. I'm gonna take a walk. Oh, I thought she was just like handle the customers. I'm doing anything else because I own you. I think it's the latter. I I, I agree with Todd because I do think her because she and Tristan's dad end up together in the end. Yeah. It does seem consensual. Um, but yeah. we also know that she like keeps her on a chain and turns her into a bird sometimes. So it's like not good. Yeah. It's yeah. not great. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like she was super into it. Like it, it seemed like it was her idea. He was just super into her and it was pretty clear he was super into her and she gave him the flower and then she like sold it for a kiss Gave him the flower. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then she was like, you know what I want? Freedom. (laughs) (laughs) But Mikey, the next best thing to freedom... Sex. Like I thought she was asking him to murder the old lady and then instead he's like I can't do that but how about like we just like hook up so Paige will know this but a lot of times in true crime it does start off with the woman <laughs> sleeping with the person who then will kill their oppressor their husband their whatever right <laughs> so yeah I am what? not saying she wasn't trying to do that I'm just saying they cut out that scene. So because she's like, I will never escape while the old woman's alive. Like she says that. And then he's like, I'll do you in the back of the wagon. And she's like, fine. He he doesn't even suggest I'll do you in the back of the wagon. He's like, I'll free you and tries to cut the chain. Yeah. And then, of course, it rejoins. And then she says, take that knife and put it in the old lady. She she just says, I'll never be free while she's alive. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And then she's like, come back here. Yeah. But Mikey, I mean, you got a point. <laughs> I do think right after they have sex, because we don't even see them have sex. It just like zooms up and we assume they have sex, right? So like, I do think right after they have sex, they have that conversation and he's just like, I just met you. I realized we just had sex, but I don't think murder is and the next step this in is this crazy. relationship. I don't want to kill that old lady. <laughs> Hey, I just fucked you, and this is crazy, but here's a knife and go kill that lady. um, We're missing the scene from above where they're just like smoking in the back of the wagon, and she's just like, so here's a murder weapon and a candle. You know what to do. And he's like, absolutely. And And then just like- the flower she gives him would protect is him from the magic. 
she <laughs> does know, want him to kill the witch and he's just like yeah, yeah yeah yeah, i'll get right on it and then just slowly backs out of the wagon <laughs> he's like i'm not from here i'm from the other side of the wall so i can't stay yeah, yeah. i definitely can't kill someone i'm just on spring break so i gotta get back <laughs> yeah, this like... is kind of my rumspringer so yeah. <laughs> he was all up in that bum springer <laughs> and anyway <laughs> We should move on because we've been recording 43 minutes and we're two minutes into this movie. Well, like 10 minutes is dead air. Paige was online shopping during this episode. Technically, <laughs> I online shopped for only three minutes. Yeah, honestly, we talked about more about this fictitious murder plot than you were online shopping. Yeah. Anyway, Dunstan is his name. Yes. Goes back across the wall thinking like, Weird night, huh? <laughs> Yikes. He's like, the wall's awesome. I can't wait to go back tomorrow. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He doesn't go back at all. No, he never which goes back. Which lends some credence to like, I can't go back. She wants me to murder that lady. And I'm, it's yeah. a lot of commitment. I'm better on this side of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got to go to the other side of the wall. I have a dog who needs to be let out. and uh... <laughs> Your mouse ate my shoes, so I got to go. <laughs> I'm actually part of the Night's Watch. Like, uh, you know. His name is Tristan Snow. Now, I will say this next scene is like how I would prefer to have a baby. I was going to say that, Mikey, because I was like, this is Mikey's dream relationship. Like, he has sex with someone. They get pregnant. He never talks to them again, but they give him the baby in nine months. Yeah. That's basically what happens because, yeah, Dunstan comes home and is just like, whoo, glad I escaped that lady who wanted me to murder people. And then nine months later, a baby is left at the wall for him yeah. with a note that says his name is Tristan. Now raise my child. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, my God, Merry Christmas. But like, <laughs> What's this weird candle? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't open the note, though? She, he doesn't, though. But I mean, absolutely. I, I would get, totally open I the note. That. But yeah, I get it. I would totally open it. He's like, well, I definitely can't go back over the wall now. <laughs> I owe like $14,000 in child support. <laughs> that's how she bought the Babylon candle. Also, if a baby gets delivered to me in a basket, if you don't name that boy Noah, you're doing it wrong. I think you mean Moses. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mikey. If you don't need that kid, Jesus Christ, you're doing it wrong. Oh, Mikey, while saying you're doing it wrong, you were doing it wrong. I know. I came <laughs> into that joke so confident, too. I know. I, like, really went in there. Have you seen the subreddit Confidently Incorrect? <laughs> that is Mikey right now. <laughs> oh, that was the name of my dating profile. <laughs> Dear God, Paige, can you save us from this and move yes. forward? Thank you. So Tristan is now 18. Yeah. And he's taking flowers to a girl that he likes in the city at night. He's like throwing rocks at her window. And no sooner has he arrived that someone comes and with a sword, like whacks the flowers out of his hand. And this is Humphrey, the girl, the guy that the girl is actually courting. Yeah, which we know. Yeah, we know. Because they've, they've sort of telegraphed that through the scene because we see her talking about, you know, oh, Humphrey's at the window to the other girls that are like having a sleepover, I guess. Yeah, she opens the window and just says, Humphrey, oh. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very it's clear you. very quickly uh. that Tristan is not her boo. 
poor Tristan, Yeah, that this man. is a yeah. continuation of sw- sleepaway camp where it's, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been Tristan every now and then. Of oh, hell someone. yeah. I clearly was Tristan in yeah. high school. Obviously. Yeah, but there, he was on a date with like three different Humphreys. <laughs> where's, the, where's the four other people throwing rocks at the, at the window? Humphrey is blonde Henry Cavill, which is not a look he should revisit. And he hasn't. I think he learned his lesson. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. I will also, it's, he's blonde and has a mustache and like Henry Cavill with a mustache is like top tier Henry Cavill, except in this movie. Blonde is such a bad look. It's so bad. For Henry Cavill. <laughs> yes. Not just in general. Please. No, yeah, not, not, not in general, just specifically for Henry Cavill. Maybe I should go blonde. I mean. I think you should just frost your tips again. I think you should frost your tips and then shave lightning bolts down the side so people know that you're fast. Yeah. Oh, then I could just look like the flash and I'd be like. Yeah. And just everywhere you go, just. Oh. <laughs> Not Flash Gordon page. And if I went on the other side of the wall, they just think that's normal. Yeah. They were yeah. like, oh, it's that normal guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just Joe. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's how they do things on the other side of the wall. So he's just like, he's just normal. So we cut to the next morning and Tristan is talking to his dad about how the night before went and he lies to him and it's just like, yeah, it was fine. It was really good. It went really, really good is what he says. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't. So he goes to work and he's he works in a shop, like a grocery. A general store. Yeah. yeah general store. Uh, and she comes into the store, cuts the line. She's the worst. She's terrible. I do love that this movie really quickly telegraphs that she does not understand what love is and he's about to learn. Yes. I really appreciate that in yeah. this movie. We cut immediately back to him basically being like, Father, I've lost my job. <laughs> I like this. Well, because she's like, I want all of these things. And he stops working with the customer he's working with and works with her because he has a crush on her, right? And mm. he asks, will you let me come to your window tonight? And she's like, no, but I'll let you walk me home. And he's like, right now I'm working. And she's like, yeah, right now. Carry my shit. So then it yeah. cuts from that to him looking at like the back of a pot or whatever, like a shiny, like a mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, Dad, I've lost my job. And he's like practicing that speech, and his dad's right behind him, and he says it like a third time, and his dad goes, Yeah, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. And he has this very, very sweet conversation with his father about like, maybe I'm not good enough for her because I'm not like Humphrey. And his dad says something I love, which is every man I ever envied led an unremarkable life. Yeah. Which is so good where you're just like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's probably good. You don't fit in with the popular crowd. Yeah. Because then you wouldn't start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because that's not something normal, healthy, adjusted people do. You wouldn't wake up early for a sample sale in the middle of a podcast <laughs> that you're recording. That's not something that normal, well-adjusted oh. people do. <laughs> that's what ye general store workers with wood paneling would say. They'd be like, no, those are ethically made jumpsuits, Paige. It's important. Uh, so he does come to her window that night. I, I didn't like Victoria at all. Oh, yeah. She's terrible. I was surprised, though, because she got a lot of teeth in that mouth. Yeah, it's, it's Sienna Miller. <laughs> Is yeah, it? yeah. But I thought you'd be into her. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like how she treated him. It's more than just look. I mean, I get that, but that's also one of the reasons I thought you might like her. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown. I've grown. I yeah. like being treated nice now. Hashtag growth Brooks. Hashtag growth Brooks. Not shower Brooks. Growth Brooks. <laughs> growth Brooks. <laughs> yeah. That's not funny. <laughs> so he comes to her window again. She comes out and kind of takes a walk with him. And is, I think at first trying to let him down easy, um, but still is like, 
yeah, I'll go on your date. Like, doesn't mean anything to me, but I'll go. Yeah. And he has like a whole picnic set up for her in the field. And it's night. So he has like these candles set up and like that would have taken forever to set up. Yeah. And she's like, this must have cost your whole savings. And he's like, yeah, but who cares? I can make more money. I'm excited to spend this time with you. Yeah. And she's just like, well, Humphrey's going to Ipswich to buy me a ring. And he's like, he's like, fucking Ipswich. He's like, I'm talking about going to London and Paris, you dumb lady. Like, what are we doing here? Well, yeah. And he's like, so you're just going to marry him. And she's like, well, he's gone all the way to Ipswich, (laughs) which I find very funny. Yeah. People just, you know, they stay with a person once it becomes a habit. I can't break up with him, Paige. He has all my CDs in his car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that sort of a thing. Yep. And he's like, I'll go anywhere. Like, I'll do anything. Like, fuck Ipswich. Yeah. And she then says, like, people like you and people like me aren't meant to be together. Which is true. I, I think she. I think that was a good way to put it. I mean, I think that's a really callous, mean way to put it. But, you know, it's accurate he needed to hear that but Paige, i think it's actually like mean to her because yeah Yeah. they don't need to end up together because she's vapid and shallow and not a great person and he is a man of character and like you know he like has more to him than that yep and i think by the end he's like people like me shouldn't end up with people like like i I mean like I, i mean that's what he learns through falling in love with clara danes and you know just the adventure like this is the classic like hero's journey and what he learns through that is that he is more than what he thought he could be yeah he's not a shop boy he's a boy that worked in a shop for a time yes well which he says in this scene multiple people say it through the movie it's a through line yeah well clara dane says it for sure yep but yeah no you're right absolutely it's great i love it Mm -hmm. you're not your occupation yeah yeah and so he's kind of being shot down and we get Ian McKellen narrating, basically saying, like, had he known how the stars watched the Earth, he would have been embarrassed. But instead, every star in the sky was looking at the kingdom of Stormhold, where the king was dying. Yeah. So yeah. they definitely missed the part where he turned to Claire Danes and was like, did you watch me masturbate? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we did a movie where somebody watched somebody masturbate. What movie was that? Oh, it was the oh, Over Her Dead oh, Body. Oh, yeah, Over Her Dead Body. That's right. Oh, my God. That was Eva Longoria watching Lake Bell masturbate in yes. the shower. Yeah. <laughs> Being rejected oh, wow. by like a mean, bitchy blonde girl that is not the most embarrassing thing the stars have seen me do. Let me tell you. <laughs> For me, it wasn't a blonde, but it was a brunette that did not even know we were on a date. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we cut to Stormhold where the king is dying and he's surrounded by his four surviving sons, Primus, Septimus, Secundus, and Tertius. Right. He basically is like, why are there still four of you left? When my father died, I had had 12 brothers and I'd killed them all by that point. Yeah, like he is a bad person like peter o'toole's character is the worst like he sets up one of his kids to get murdered right here by another one of his kids it's pretty much the show yellowstone which if you watch (laughs) this joke would be fucking killing yeah (laughs) so all three of you that got that joke mikey appreciates it i'm here for you three so we start out with secundus who is our lovely 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 friend from best friend's wedding did none of you recognize that it was him that's rupert no i did i 100 percent did yeah because he looks glorious as he's walking in the rest of the movie he's hard to recognize because he got a smooshed face face. yeah (laughs) 
But so it is Rupert Everett. Yeah. And Peter O'Toole is like, go look out the window. Tell me what you see. And he's like, I see my kingdom stormhold. And he's like, okay, look up. And as he does, Mark Strong, who plays Septimus, just walks over and pushes him out the window. I love how the other one, well, one of the remaining three walks over and like, looks like he's about to push Septimus. Yeah, Tertius. Tertius is about to try and push Septimus. And then he turns around and he's like, oh, oh. Oh, I'm just looking. I'm just looking over your shoulder. Yeah. (laughs) This movie really does get sibling relationships pretty well. I've never murdered one of my brothers. The callousness with with which these brothers murder each other, but then are still friends about it, cracks me up. I think it's hysterical. When they are ghosts, I love the way they interact with each other as ghosts is very funny. Well, and I love that even the ones that we haven't quote unquote met in the movie, we can tell how they died. Yes. Because one has like an axe buried in his head, which by the way, he's the same guy in Hot Fuzz that gets the steeple of the church through his head. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's Who awesome. was the frozen one? He seemed famous. I don't know who the Frozen was. They're they're all they're like a who's who of famous British actors that are not as famous stateside. Yeah, they're all pretty famous in their own right. His name is Jason Fleming. He was Primus, and he has been in a bunch of stuff, but it's mainly been like British stuff. But like probably the biggest stuff here was the Curious Case of Benjamin Button and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But he was also in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Like, yeah, he's been in a lot, but he's not, he's a famous British guy. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is hilariously bad. Yeah. But also Stuart, if I remember correctly, I think Stuart Townsend's in it as Dorian Gray. I think you're right. I can't remember. It's been so long since I saw that turd of a movie, but. That was Sean Connery's last movie. Yes. As Quartermain. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. Jason Fleming, the guy who plays Primus in this was Dr. Jekyll in that movie. Oh, yeah, he was. I mean, he is a big actor, but it's mainly UK stuff that he's done. So Peter O'Toole is dying and he calls out for Una, his one daughter. And Tertius is like, no, it's me, Tertius. Did you mean me? (laughs) And he essentially tells them, like, because they're all still alive and they haven't killed each other completely yet, he's going to give them a challenge to see who can take over the kingdom. And they have to find his necklace, which is like... It looks like a diamond, but then it is also a ruby. So like when somebody royal is holding it, it turns red and he throws it. Basically, it like hovers and then it flies out into the stars. It hits a star and it comes crashing back down through the night. Tristan and Victoria see it and they're like, oh, a shooting star. So beautiful. And he tells her, he's like, I'm going to go cross the wall and bring you back the star. And she's just like, nobody crosses the wall. just like... I love when you do impressions of people in movies. It's my favorite part. It's not as bad as uh, the Australian episode Mikey tried to pull off. The Wolf Creek episode of Horror Version. So funny. But so basically they make an agreement that he has to bring the star back within a week or she's marrying Humphrey. Right. On her birthday is when she's planning on getting engaged because Humphrey's already going or at Ipswich right now buying that ring. He's at the court of King Henry VIII getting it in. But then when he gets back. Yo, he's like, you're working in Tudors right now. Tudors season two, if I remember correctly. He's in all of the seasons. Uh, That's why I watched two more seasons than I should have. Because Tudors isn't good after season two. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, Anyway, so he decides he's going to go over the wall. We also watch as a witch watches the star fall. 
and it falls into the forest, ripping through the trees. We come in close to reveal that the star is actually a woman and the necklace lays beside her. Yeah, because it's what knocked her out of the sky, literally. We cut to the witch's lair where she wakes up her two sisters and lets them know that a star has fallen and they need to go get it because eating the star's heart will make them young again. Yeah. But they're out of Babylon candles. So she's going to have to find her on foot. Yeah, and we, we come to find out Babylon candles can, like, transport you. Yeah, yeah, they're like flu powder. Yeah, I was going to say, like, flu powder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But if you run out, you should definitely get more. Like, these are terrible witches. Well, it also implies that they're very hard to get. Yeah, but, like, why not with your last bit of a Babylon candle go to Babylon and get a candle? Well, I don't think they're from... <laughs> to I, Michael's. I, it doesn't explain. <laughs> to Michael's? I need to go to the, to the home goods store for Babylon candles. <laughs> <laughs> Those candles came from Party City and we all know it. Well, I went and got more Babylon candles, but it was from a craft store, so they all smell like pumpkin spice. <laughs> Did fall just arrive? Like what like, <laughs> I somebody wish, shows man. up with a Babylon candle, it's like what is that, October? <laughs> <laughs> They're holding a pumpkin spice latte and a Babylon candle. You're like, oh, already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I forgot until this moment that they're out at some places. I think I might have to go get one after this. What, a Babylon candle? No, a pumpkin spice latte. Are they? Hang I'm not on. ashamed. Oh, we Me are either. I love PSLs, baby. Although I get pumpkin cream cold brews, but. Oh, those are so good, too. Yeah. Anyway, so in order to capture her on foot, they're going to eat the last of the star, the last star they caught 400 years ago. And so the main witch, the first one who saw it. Do you think it turned in the refrigerator? Maybe. Maybe that's why it didn't last long enough. Uh, because she transforms into young Michelle Pfeiffer, who yeah. looks amazing. She and by does. young, God. I mean like 50-year-old Michelle Pfeiffer, who looks better than all of us. Yeah, She needs to do more. I just love Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she's She's great. so good in yeah. this. Well, and she's great in sort of everything. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd love to see her in more stuff. Um, I will make you guys watch Grease too. Yeah, that's fine. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so she looks great. She admires herself in the mirror. Meanwhile, Tristan approaches the wall and has to kind of tangle with the guard guarding it. Man, I loved this tussle they have. It's so funny because his dad easily ran through when he tricked him with the whole, all right, I'll just go home thing. And Tristan tries the same thing. Right. But then the guard like vaults over the wall and beats his ass back over the wall. He goes full Revenge of the Sith Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Him. Yes. It's amazing. And so basically Tristan's not going to get through the wall that way. So he right. goes home. Like he legitimately goes home. Meanwhile, the star wakes up, puts on the necklace, but she's clearly hurt from the fall. She's not doing great. Yeah, her leg's like broken or it's hurt at least. Well, if you fall from that high, I mean, just a broken leg. I mean, that's a miracle. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. So we cut back to Tristan's house where he's come home. And his dad's like, so why were you trying to cross the wall? And he's like, why did you cross the wall? And he's like, by the way, you've got a mom. Um, I'm supposed to murder the lady holding her hostage. And, uh, I once slept with a woman over the wall with the pretext that afterward I would murder her captor. And I chickened out and went home. And then she yeah. sent me a baby. And he reveals that he still has part of the chain, the magical chain that held her. Yeah. And the glass flower and a letter that she left to Tristan, which encloses a Babylon candle. And then Tristan's like, wait, hold on. This is a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah. There's like a candle and mm -hmm. a chain and a flower. And I like only have two hands. <laughs> <laughs> but she basically instructs him on how to use the candle. 
And so she basically says the fastest way to travel is by candlelight. Think of me and only me. Yeah. So he strikes a match, lights the candle. There's a blinding light and Tristan is gone. I kind of wish we got more of the dad. I do too. You get a little bit more of him in the book. Not much Mm -hmm. though. So meanwhile, back at the crater, the star gets up and limps her way kind of out of the crater. She's kind of walking away, but she sees a ball of fire coming from the sky. It's Tristan and he knocks her over and is like, mother, it's you coming in hot. (laughs) I do love it. She's like, I'm not your mother. Yeah. So pick up your damn socks. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've struck a chord with Paige for some reason. Oh no. Oh no. I am the one I am the one with the socks in that scenario. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> As in you're the one picking them up? Yeah. Oh God, here we go. Mikey, I'm just gonna go ahead and send you $120 right now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very frustrating. <laughs> immediately, immediately when I say I'm gonna pay him, Mikey's like turning it on. He's like gonna start actually listening to Todd now. <laughs> so back in the crater he helps her up and is like have you seen a fallen star anywhere and she's like haha really funny and this is how he kind of learns that she is the star yeah he's a little slow to realize it but he does eventually realize it yeah and at the right. time claire danes was the star that's true i mean yeah he also then kind of ties her to himself with an enchanted chain i think you mean kidnap he kidnaps this woman because he's like, I need to take you back to Victoria and like give you to her and then we can get married because she's my true love. Okay, I think Tristan maybe should have rethought his plan when he found out the star was a person with autonomy. Same, same, yeah. because like, how's that going to play out? What do you do with her after? And he does tell her like, hey, after I show you to Victoria, you can have the last of this Babylon candle and just go home. Yeah. So I don't I mean, he doesn't know because we see him learn that she will die if she steps over the wall, right? Yeah, but right. after you come to an agreement, maybe unchain her. It's not going to keep going with you. I mean, I'm not advocating for kidnapping people. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, if you want Tristan to be like the empathetic hero, be like, oh, I don't want to kidnap you. Would you come with me to meet my girlfriend? I'll give you the rest of the Babylon candle. After we're done, you can go back to the sky. And then they're in it together. No, because then the movie ends and she just is like, no. That's true. We definitely have like a Beauty and the Beast kind of situation where he definitely changed her to a tree in like five minutes. Yeah. Yes. We'll get to it. So, meanwhile, back at Stormhold, Primus. I will say that that is a sexy chain to tie someone up on. Like, do they make those? It's very hot. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey, for the record, you don't want to use a metal chain when you tie someone down for reasons. But I can give you some information after this episode. (laughs) Let's say I need to tie up a woman to take her to a other woman that I wanted to marry me. I think you should just grab onto her with your toes. <laughs> <laughs> and never let go, Mikey. And never let never go. Never let go. But then I have to <laughs> crab walk all the way back to the other side of the wall. That should be natural for you with your claws. Yeah. I do love that the foot thing has turned on you. This is like making my day. For the record, I was not turned on. Not until the hot butter came out. <laughs> I, do, I do love some good hot butter dipping that crab in. Mm. I hate seafood so much. Paige, can we move on? Yes. So we cut to Stormhold where Primus, Tertius, and Septimus are meeting with the local bishop. They join each other in a toast, at which point the bishop and Tertius die. Yeah. Septimus pretends to die. Yes. And Primus is horrified because he's like, "How? What? I didn't. What happened? What, <laughs> what happened?" 
how did I poison people without knowing it? Uh, but it turns out that Primus just grabbed the wrong glass and Septimus intended to kill both him and Tertius. Yeah. And not the bishop, but the bishop drank the wrong glass. So now it's- And Septimus is a sociopath. So like, well, oh, you know. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you're raised by Peter O'Toole in this movie, you're not not going to be a sociopath. I yeah, think the only clearly. reason Tristan's mom is sort of normal is because she was sold into slavery super young, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is terrible. But I know, No, they say she ran away, so she obviously just met that woman and got trafficked. Okay. Well, and Ditchwater Sal is the woman that has the curse on Una. Yeah. And I think we see her multiple times in the movie present people with like oh yes i'll do this for you and then there's a catch and i'm sure that that was part of it that she kind of tricked her oh, yeah, yeah so we cut to the witches who are getting ready to go after the star and they're prepping these like they look almost like obsidian knives yeah, very hocus pocus type vibe going on <laughs> yeah because the three witches, yeah, absolutely. But they do have their sisters, yeah. And they're like, I want to be sexy again, and then you're like, okay, that is true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, and I bet you were wishing one of them was Sarah Jessica Parker because you love those teeth. Yeah. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> but they do look like dragon glass knives. You're right, Paige. Yeah. So we cut back to Tristan and the star where she's refusing to move, and he basically tells her like, Hey, I will put you back in the sky with this Babylon candle if you come with me. And she's like, Fine. So they set off on foot. We cut to a farm where the witch has already set out on her journey and she encounters a young man named Bernard. And his mom is trying to get him to sell his goat. And that's good news because she's in the market for a goat or two. Or two. Uh, it struck me as very into the woods. Yes. The, the vibe between him and his mom. Yeah. I don't know that reference. It's because it's a musical, Mikey. In Into the Woods, Jack is supposed to sell his cow at market. Because Jack and the Beanstalk exists. Like, it's, oh, it's yeah, that right. story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, He trades it for beans. Yeah. Yeah, yes. but Into the Woods has a bunch of different, like, fairy tale characters. Like, Cinderella's in Into the Woods. Oh, like, God. it's great. Agony is probably one of the best songs ever Agony. written. Agony! I love that song. It nails the brother dynamic so well. Yeah. She has skin white as snow. Did you learn her name? No, there's a dwarf standing guard. Agony. I love that. Far much painful than yours. (laughs) When you know she would go to you uh, (laughs) if if there there only were were doors. Yeah, I'll check that out. (laughs) Uh, So fun. Anyway. So good, Mikey. You'll love it. So she offers to buy his goat. And then instead turns him also into a goat and takes both of them to pull her little chariot. Yeah. At that point, just turn them both into horses and have a fast chariot. Well, she doesn't want to use all her magic, Mikey. Yeah. It's so much harder to turn a human into a horse. Oh, does she not? <laughs> she is the worst magic rationer I've ever seen. That is true. She does use magic at dumb times for dumb reasons. Yes. Yep. Meanwhile, Tristan and the star continue walking through the forest and she's exhausted because it's daytime and that's not normally when stars are up. Yeah. That's when she sleeps. She yeah. even, that's what she's saying here. She's like, I've never stayed up this late into the day before, you know? Yeah. It's like dating a musician <laughs> or a comedian. We yeah. also don't yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who works in the entertainment industry like it's that. 10 a.m. Yeah. It's so early. Oh my God. <laughs> so we also get shots of Septimus and Primus who have set out to find the necklace. The difference is Septimus is on his own with like a retinue of six other men. Yeah. Because they travel in a pack of seven. 
Primus is by himself with a carriage full of his ghost brothers. Yes. So we cut to the witch approaches Ditchwater Sal's cart and is like, hey, I know that you are also a witch, so let's share a meal. Yeah. And as she eats, she's realizing she's been given like a truth serum. And so she curses Ditchwater Sal that she cannot see, touch, or hear the star, which right. is going to come into play later. Yeah, she doesn't want Ditchwater Sal, who's also a witch, to also go after the star, right? Right. And it seems like Michelle Pfeiffer is like a higher order of a witch. Like she's yeah, like, sort of revered. Yeah. So because the star is tired, Tristan <laughs> ties her to a tree. They didn't even walk that long. I'm with Tristan. I'm team Tristan. She doesn't even want to go. It's his quest, not hers. Because she's kidnapped. Imagine Mikey not being sensitive to someone else's wants or needs or sleep schedules. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm on your side, Alexa. <laughs> 10 a.m. is not too late. She just woke up and texted me, and I was making those jokes because of that. <laughs> she's like, I slept so good. I'm like, okay. Apparently. Mikey, you're so passive aggressive. <laughs> I slept so good. Okay. <laughs> you can't just be like that's great i'm glad you slept well babe that's what i told her okay anyway so meanwhile septimus gets a soothsayer and he has him tossing runes and tests it out to see if the runes are accurate i love this scene because it seemed like it was like a, a lie detector test like you you ask right. a bunch of questions that are definitely like a certain answer to get like a baseline right and then you ask like the questions that you really want to know the truth on and the one he really wants to know the truth on is are you working for my brother? So before he asks that question, he has him throw the runes super high. Now that he knows how to read the runes, right? And then right. as they land, they say yes. The runes say yes. So he kills him right there. Yep. Yeah. And he then starts throwing the runes. We also reveal that the witch is also throwing runes. Yeah. To find where the star is. The dice are hot, baby. Roll them. <laughs> Got a new shooter coming out. New shooter, new shooter. I like how I make jokes for like 14 people every podcast. You have a very niche appeal. It's just to you two, or I would be on the podcast. <laughs> and listen, we love you. So you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you, remember, you're his exit strategy. That's true. You yeah, need right. to be there so he can escape and play Twitch. This is a side note. We could like get runs and like have like a dog boarding business and I could just retire. Mikey, you have watched too many romantic comedies that you think you want to open a dog <laughs> hotel. In your house. In my backyard. Didn't you watch Conjuring 3? Didn't you remember how that turned out for those people? Oh, I was going to say, didn't you watch, what was the movie where the guy walked from Colorado? The lucky one, yeah. All I want is a female veteran to walk across the country for me. Is that too much? I want to love our troops, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wearing a <laughs> I want to give it to America. <laughs> Uncle Samantha wants you, Mikey. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the forest, we've learned A, that the star has a name and that her name is Evane. Yeah. And she hears something in the forest and thinks it's Tristan, but it's not. A unicorn comes out of the forest, cuts her free, and she gets on its back to basically ride on her journey. She doesn't know where she's going, but she's going to try and find a way to get back into the sky. Yeah. So meanwhile, the witch's runes aren't working. So she calls her sisters and they're like, hey, stay where you are. She's coming to you. We just killed an alligator and that's what its entrail said. Yeah. So she essentially creates... Hotel, like an inn. <laughs> an inn and turns Bernard from a goat 
into a, a young woman and then turns the other goat into a human that is very obviously a human that has only ever been a goat before. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite parts of this movie. I, I did like that. I thought it was hilarious too. And I also think it's funny that that's Mr. Weasley. Well, it's all it's Mr. Weasley and the stutterer from... Yeah, from uh, the Shakespeare in Love. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I just love how aggressively he goes for it. Yes. Because his only line in this film is, <laughs> he's a goat I bought it And he fully communicates that he is a goat <laughs> Like just in his physicality In the way he interacts with people around him I love it so much Yeah I think he's great He's amazing One of my favorites is they're setting up the inn And he walks over to she has antlers on the wall And he's like sad about the yeah. antlers <laughs> So funny So as Yvain is riding towards the inn uh, the stars start to whisper to Tristan. They tell him about the unicorn yeah. and that she's not safe and you have to basically follow her and there's a coach coming. You need to be on it. Run. Yeah. And it's Primus's coach. So he runs to catch it. The coach ends up hitting him, but he does convince Primus to let him ride along with him. So we cut back to the inn where Yvain arrives and the witch sets up like a bath and is going to give her a massage, this whole thing to try and make her glow before she cuts her heart out. Yeah, because the more she glows, the longer that heart will last, right? Right. Yeah. And she does say, she's like, my husband will take your horse to the stables. And Billy, who is chewing on a towel, <laughs> hops up onto the counter yes. and then hops back down and just kind of clip clops out to the stable. It's pretty great. Yeah, this actor is a. I, I don't know his name. He's always Ron Weasley's dad to me, but I, yeah. he's great in everything. Everything. Yeah. So she's just about to reach for the knife to cut her heart out when there's a knock on the door, and it is Primus, and Billy, who is the in goat innkeeper. Opens the door with his teeth, which is hilarious because he has hands, but he never uses yeah, they're them. They're always by his side. It's hilarious. <laughs> because they're extra limbs. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. It makes sense. Yeah. He's never had hands before. <laughs> and he he doesn't. What makes me laugh really hard is he also doesn't really understand any of her commands yeah. or anything. He's just a goat and I'm here for the chaos. <laughs> so Primus comes in and hops in the bath without even asking yeah uh Yvain comes down to see what's going on and ends up talking to Primus meanwhile the witch tries to poison Primus but he refuses to drink anything because of what happened with Septimus yeah he's like I refuse to drink any wine until my brother is dead or whatever yeah yep but he he does say but maybe the, the guy in the stable who was Tristan would want some right yeah so they take the poison out to the barn where Tristan's about to drink it and the unicorn stops him. Yeah, it like knocks it out of his hand and then like runs like to the side and points. Like the unicorn points at the yeah, where like, the <laughs> wine fell and it's like smoking on the hay. And he's like, Yeah, don't drink it. Yeah. That yeah. unicorn's a better person than the goat. Oh, and is about to turn that person back into a goat. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts Via of the movie. Headbutt. So. <laughs> it's very realistic to watch that goat fly across the room. Yeah. Um, so Tristan and the unicorn burst into the inn. She sends Billy to attack and Billy again hops up onto the Billy is always hopping up onto things the like way a that goat. a goat does yeah. <laughs> and runs and tries to headbutt the unicorn and the unicorn wins that battle. Oh, yeah. But we just hear like and then what is clearly a taxidermied goat falls on that bar it's like a stuffed goat you'd win at a fair like an oversized yeah. stuffed goat yeah and it's just kind of sitting there yeah but during all this commotion like 
Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer runs over to Les Claypool and like slits his throat. Like she kills him right there on the back. Yeah, and he's got blue blood. Yeah, because he's royal. Of course he has blue blood, Paige. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that okay, makes sense. Yeah. So Tristan grabs a vein and they use the Babylon candle and he says, think of home. But there's a confusion because they each think of their own home. And so they're torn halfway between the two. And so they're stuck in the clouds. Which I think is ridiculous of Tristan to be mad at her about because yes. he said, think of home. And she did. Well, how was she supposed to think of his home? She's never been there. Exactly. I think they should have gave each other a little grace and been like, hey, at least we got out of there. We're alive. Yeah. That didn't go as smoothly as we wanted. Thank God we're standing on the only cloud that has a floor. Right. <laughs> and as they're standing there, a ship, like an airship, passes them and picks them up. Yeah, like catches them in a net and then like throws them onto the deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asks if they are lightning marshals and puts them in the brig because they're going to ask them questions about who they are and where they are. Which I don't think was a real break because there was a lot of storage going on in there. Well, I think what we find out much later is that the crew is responsible for a lot of their fearsome reputation. Oh, yeah. Paige. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like Captain Shakespeare does cultivate that. So like when he is out in public, he is very like Oh, I think very... he thinks he is. Oh, I mean, that's fair. The crew does know, which we find out later, that he is not necessarily a aggressive, very masculine man, you know? Yep. I think one of them calls him a whoopsie, which I thought was a funny way of saying it. But It's, it's a not funny great. way of saying yeah. it. I don't love it, but... I love that they're like, you're always our captain. That doesn't change. And I'm just like, I do really love that. They're like, we don't care. We've always known. Like one of my good friends when I was in the band, in fact, they played in the band with us, came out to us while we were in the band. And we were like, D, we already knew. (laughs) Like, we don't care. I mean, we I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that with me. But we already knew. We're very happy for you. (laughs) Yeah, good for you. We knew your roommate of three years was your girlfriend. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's like when my brother came out. I was just like, I am fully aware. Yeah. But we legit were like, but thank you for trusting us with this information. But we've always known and we've always loved you. (laughs) Right. And that's sort of what happened with the captain later. Yeah. Right. So in the brig, he kind of leaves him in there for a little bit. So they do have a a little conversation where we find out that Yvain always kind of wanted to visit Earth and was curious about Earth. And she thinks Tristan is brave for going on an adventure. Yeah. And so it's kind of the first time that they're not arguing, where they're kind of finding some common ground. Well, yeah. And I mean, he did save her back at the end. And like, so, I mean, they they have sort of come together a little bit. Right. Meanwhile, Septimus finds Primus's body because the inn has disappeared. He's just in a tub in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he yeah. finds Bernard. And Bernard tells him like, oh, there was a evil woman. She's looking for it. Uh, the girl's a star. She has the necklace. and kind of gives him the rundown. Meanwhile, the witch is on her way off to her next destination to try and find a vein. Yeah. And she's starting to look real old. Her hair is falling out. Yeah. And she can't find Evane and Tristan because they're still, quote unquote, airborne. Yeah, they're in the sky, which they have trouble tracking for some reason that's not explained. But I bought it. I was fine with it. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're still talking on the airship. They're in the brig and they're talking about Victoria and this is where Yvane kind of brings up like, hey, I watch love all the time and I don't think she loves you because like you're going on this quest. But what is she doing for you? Like, yeah. how is she proving yeah. she loves you? Who's questing for you? Exactly. Yeah, you're in this bread truck driving across <laughs> Narnia. And who is questing for you? 
<laughs> oh, Mikey. Oh. Who chained you to a tree? Yeah. Meanwhile, the witches have determined which airship they're on and that they're headed to a port town, and they know that Septimus is on the way as well. Back on the ship, they get air quotes interrogated by Captain Shakespeare. I love this. Where they act out this whole thing where he makes it look like he's thrown them overboard. Or at least and Tristan. Tristan. Yeah. He makes it look like he's thrown Tristan overboard. He drags Yvain onto the deck and implies that he's going to essentially sexually assault her. Yes. Meanwhile, he's the safest person to be around her on this ship. But yeah. Yes. Well, my, <laughs> my favorite is he says, if any of you interrupt me, you'll get the same treatment. And, and one of the pirates is like, you're gonna. And he's like, no, I'll throw you over the side. And they're like, oh, oh, OK, OK, <laughs> OK. <laughs> I, okay. really I think that's like a tip of the hat a little bit that they already know. Yeah, the first right. mate. Yeah. I love the first mate character. He is great. There's no way at least he doesn't know. I mean, I feel like before we realize that everyone on the crew knows, you already know he knows. The first yeah, mate was yeah. in Band of Brothers. I know. He was great in that. Yeah. Right. Another Band of Brothers reference that no one's going to get. But yeah, absolutely. But like he gives the icon, like the, his eye movement. It's like, I totally know. Oh, like, yeah. He does. Ridiculous. Yep. So he takes Yvain to his cabin where Tristan is there, just doesn't have his clothes. So they've thrown his clothes and a mannequin overboard. Yeah. So he has them in his quarters and he's like, Tell me about England. I want to know everything. Tell me everything. Tell What's me the everything. Tea? Yeah. What is the tea? And they do have tea. Yeah. And he basically is like, okay, so we've got a couple hours before we make port. So you guys need to get dressed, pick out new clothes, and we're going to flip a switcheroo that everyone is fully going to know is real, but <laughs> fine. I mean, everyone off the ship is not going to, but everyone on the ship, like, fully, I think, knows. But I do love yeah. that in this little scene, Claire Danes is like, no, I don't need one of your dresses. I'm fine. And he's like, honey, you're in a bathrobe. Take a dress. <laughs> yeah, take a dress. <laughs> I also love that he gives Tristan extensions. Oh, I'm obsessed because I don't, I, I don't love Tristan's hair initially, but I actually... I do like it longer. I, I think it looks great. I love it. Is it yeah. supposed to like represent that they've been in the air a long time? No, because he literally says it's going to be like two hours till they make port. And then yes. the, the next time you see Tristan, he's got extensions. So he You're 100% right. is like, I'm going to lace in this front lace wig. It's going to be fine. Yeah. But we also find out that his father died. He took over the family business and he hasn't really been able to talk to anyone about it. And that's why he's so happy to see them. Yeah. And this is where essentially Evane is like, you should be yourself. Why would you fight to be accepted by people you don't want to be like? Yeah. And she kind of pointedly looks at Tristan of like, ahem. Yeah. That was said at Captain Shakespeare, but I was talking to you. Right. Yeah. Yes. So they make port where they run into Ricky Gervais and they do this kind of bartering back and forth to sell the lightning they've been collecting. And he you call it bartering, but it's not at all. Captain Shakespeare no. is like 200 and he's like 150. And then he, Captain Shakespeare's like, no, 200. And then eventually yeah. Ricky Gervais comes up to 195 because he's bad at with bartering. With sales tax. Yeah, and then Captain Shakespeare is like, well, with sales tax, that's going to be 200. He goes, fucking fine, 200. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And he tells them, hey, there's rumors about a fallen star. And Captain Shakespeare immediately kind of, I think, he knows. I think knows that's Evane and is like, yeah, I haven't seen anything. So he covers for them. Yeah. So... We cut back to the ship where Tristan is now on the ship pretending to be 
Captain Shakespeare's nephew. But of course, everyone else on the ship is like, isn't that the guy that we just threw overboard? Yeah, we just saw you throw him, quote unquote, overboard. But, you know, before he had extensions, like we know who that is. Tristan's coat is baller. It is pretty great. Natalie actually said she was like, you should get that coat. And I was like, I'm open to it. You should not get that coat, Todd. You do not live in the 1800s. I want that coat. I want the coat from 310 to Yuma. Like, I'm going to have a coat collection. Yeah. All we're going to see is like Todd's going to be like walking down the street and be like, oh, look, it's a vampire from Interview with a Vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Lestat, is that you? I did date someone who said that I reminded them of Lestat. And I was like, I don't. That's not a good thing. I don't know what that means. Well, she makes him the main character later on. Oh, does she? Okay. I read a bunch of them. Yeah. It's it's strange. She's like, he really wasn't evil. You just didn't know his backstory. And I was like, eh, hurt people, hurt people. (laughs) Anyway, so now they're on the airship. They're traveling for the next few days. And they learn to dance. They learn to sword fight. She learns to play the piano. They learn how to catch lightning. And Yvonne is glowing. Yes. Well, she's fully falling in love with Tristan. Yeah. And Captain Shakespeare, as he's dancing with her, is like, hey, I know what you are. And none of us are going to hurt you. But you need to be careful because your emotions make you glow. And I'm pretty sure I know why. And they have her dance with Tristan and she's just glowing all over the place. She's pregnant. Yeah, she's (laughs) pregnant with glow. She is one of those tiny glow worms that were a thing in the (laughs) 80s. It is super sweet, though. Like It's very sweet. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to Ricky Gervais and Ditchwater Sal where they've kind of bartered and then Michelle Pfeiffer she shows up and is like yo where's the star and he's like such a strange question a two-headed dog I could get you one of them and then she basically stops him from talking so he can only cluck now yeah so uh back on the ship they bring it in for a hard landing at a lake and Tristan and Evane are going to be on their way. But Tristan and Evane have like their king of the world moment on the front of the ship, yeah. which I thought was really cute. But apparently <laughs> the captain can't fly the airship for nothing because they, yeah. like, they even say, watch out, the captain's at the helm. And he's like, yeah, and he's like uh, crashing more or less into the water and it soaks Evane and uh, Tristan. It's so funny. I love that. And then when the pilot of the ship gets back to the wheel, he's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I love every scene on the airship. Every Me too. Scene. I really yeah. love Robert De Niro in this movie. He's a great yeah. actor, but like this is not a, a normal role for him. I really mm-hmm. loved him in this movie. Uh, so they get off the boat, and as they're getting off, he pulls Tristan aside and whispers something to him, and then just says, just think about it. Give my regards to England. And we don't know what he says yet. We'll find out at the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. He like whispers it into his ear. But yeah. Um, but he joins Evane and Evane's like, what do he whisper? And he just said, oh, uh, use the lightning to get a Babylon candle. Like barter. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he whisper that? Anyway. It telegraphs that it's definitely a lie. Right. Right. Uh Meanwhile, Ricky Gervais is being interrogated by Septimus, who just literally stabs him. Who's <laughs> just like, and then has them clean the knife. He's like, what a freak. <laughs> clean this knife thoroughly. I did sort of like that because Ricky Gervais is just trying to tell him, but he can't because he's talking like a chicken. Yeah. So he's like, are you mocking me? And he's like, my God. And then he stabs him. <laughs> so meanwhile, Michelle Pfeiffer is talking to her sisters because she missed Evane when they were at port and then they've landed again and they basically are like well she's back on land now here's where she's headed yeah meanwhile she and tristan are walking down the path and she's glowing and he thinks he hears somebody behind them 
So he shoves them into the bushes. And then jumps on top of her. Hell yeah. Yeah, he basically is like on top of her and she's just like glowing. And she asks, she's like, aren't you tempted by the idea of immortality? Like, you could kill me and eat me and be immortal too. And he basically is. He's like, I'm a vegetarian. I don't know if you know, but I don't go down. Um, so, uh, but he, he basically says everlasting life would be lonely if you don't have somebody to share it with. Yeah. And that makes her glow even more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, basically, I want to take a bunch of people and like put you buffet style out and then we get all live together. <laughs> no, but it was a really sweet moment. It is really sweet. I do love that when they get up because they jumped into that hedge or whatever because they heard mm-hmm. a, a wagon going by or whatever. And then it shows where they were hiding. They just like laid down on the side of the road. Like had they looked yeah. over, you could have seen them. But the the magic, Todd. Yes, but the <laughs> anyway. magic. Yes. It does also look like he's leaning in for a kiss when she's like, aren't you tempted? And then as she yeah. continues to explain it, that's when he like pulls away and says, no, I, mm. I don't really want immortal life unless I can share it with someone that I love. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Septimus has caught up with Captain Shakespeare and Captain Shakespeare is in his quarters, getting into drag. Yes. The rest of his crew is on board. They end up fighting Septimus's men and get rid of them pretty fast. Meanwhile, Septimus goes after the captain. When the captain is like in his quarters, dancing Lip-syncing around to for that his song. Life. Yeah. Oh my God, Paige, he is... He's feeling his oats. Yeah, and honestly, yes. he crushes Septimus in that lip sync. He, <laughs> he's like running around using that fan, which also is a very big drag thing. That's so funny that that's in this movie. Yeah, even though Septimus does a pretty solid death drop off the side of the boat. <laughs> it doesn't save him. RuPaul does not save him from Rulimination. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> he he could have tried to take his wig off too, but that wouldn't have saved him either. So anyway, the crew comes in to defend <laughs> Captain Shakespeare. Because his crew has killed all of Septimus's men, yeah. Right, and so Septimus jumps out the window, and now everyone, knows. it's open secret, because they have now walked in on him and drag. Yeah, like there's no way the crew can even pretend that they don't know, right? But I mean, the crew yeah. does say, we, we've we known, we love you, it's fine. Sort of like we talked about earlier, yeah. Yeah, Um. but that's the next scene, so that hasn't happened yet. Oh, oh, that's right, because Septimus walks out and runs into the, the boy who was the goat, who was also a girl at one point, but <laughs> right. like Desmond or whatever his name is. Bernard. Puberty is uh, real weird on the side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but Bernard tells him what happened. Like they killed your men. They went, uh, you know, the star and the other guy ran off and he's like, that's fine. Right. Give me your horse. And they and he rides away alone. Right. Meanwhile, we cut back to Tristan and Evane and he's like, hey, you glow sometimes. Is it normal? And she's like, oh, that's what stars do. And they come up on a sign that says that the wall is 60 miles away. Which is going to take them two days. And they don't have two days because Victoria's birthday is the next day. Yeah. And I do love as they're walking here, like they're sort of telegraphing that they're very much in love at this point. Like they are like Mm -hmm. playing with each other. And when he's like, you know, it's what stars do well. And he's like, oh, I thought stars just made my life terrible. Like he's like. Yeah, attract trouble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, you know, poking the bear like in a fun, very playful way. It's sort of, I guess, as you say, it sounds mean. But the way he's delivering it and the way she's receiving it is like they're teasing each other. Sort of like Mikey and. I do you know we love each other but we're just teasing right that's how I know that you have a very sexual relationship we do I don't know about any of not on board any of this (laughs) I mean if I was that way I definitely could do better Mikey if you were that way you absolutely could (laughs) (laughs) 
sorry. It was like Teen Wolf. It skipped a generation. It's got my my brother's got it, but yeah. Okay, so you don't know what generations are. My brother's got it, and also you don't understand generations. <laughs> well, moving on. So <laughs> we <laughs> we cut back to the airship where the crew is checking on Captain Shakespeare. And this is where we get the, the, he's like, I'm not fierce. I don't have this reputation. They're like, we don't care. You're our captain. Like we always knew, but you're our captain and you always will be, which is very, very sweet. It is very sweet. So we cut back to the road where Ditchwater Sal is traveling with her cart and Evane and Tristan want to catch a ride with her, but she actually can't see Evane. She notices Tristan's flower and he offers to trade it for safe passage to the wall. And she basically is like, yeah, sure. And you'll arrive in the same condition that you are now. Yeah. Uh, But for the time being, she turns him into a little like a squirrel marmot mouse thing. Yeah, because he gave her the flower that was giving him protection. Yep. And but she can't see Evane. So Evane climbs into the back of the cart with him. And his mom watches the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is where Evane is like. Oh, you can't see or hear me, but I swear to yeah. God, if you don't return him to, you know, the Tristan that I know and love, I'm going to be your personal poltergeist. Yeah. You smell of pee and you look like the wrong end of a dog. <laughs> That's right. I did love that. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, Septimus heads for Wall as well. So now everyone is kind of going to converge on Wall or at least the market outside Wall. So back in the cart, she's talking to Mouse Tristan. And gives him some cheese. He like looks at cheese, but like she asks him if, if he's real and he's like, give me a sign. He looks at the cheese, but like everybody loves cheese. So like that would be a sign. Yeah. But she then basically at this point confesses like I watch people in love all the time and I think I love you and my heart feels like my chest can't contain it. Because it doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to you. And it's this very sweet kind of comparison of like, as much as you would be willing to retrieve me for Victoria, I would go to the ends of the earth for you. Yeah, it really is showing what love actually is and not what the whatever Victoria is offering. Right. The one thing I wish, I wish she had been glowing while she was delivering these lines. Me too. That would have been so yeah. sweet. Anyway. But they arrive at Wall. And she dumps him out of that cage and turns him back into Tristan. Like she keeps her word, but now he doesn't have the flower of protection. It's so odd that she keeps her word. I don't think it is. I just think that she, you know, is sort of an evil lady. She wanted that flower. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted the flower. And maybe honestly, she has to keep her word because that was the deal. I don't know if there's like some magical rule or whatever. So if you take out the kidnapping of the mom, like she's not that bad of a person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we don't really see her that much, so we don't really see her do anything super, super evil. But, like, everybody knows her and, like, kind of likes her, and then they like, just kind of, no, like... No, nobody likes her. I think everyone knows her. Yeah. There's well, a difference. They're not enemies of her, but they just, they do kind of sweep over the rug that she says trafficking a woman. She's not, but that's not at all what happened at the beginning of this movie, Mikey. Okay, she keeps a woman as a slave, and they all kind of brush that under the rug. That's true, yeah. If that yeah. didn't happen, she'd be like a cool, like, good witch or whatever. Not like a good witch, like a neutral witch. I Yeah, I, I was a neutral witch at best. Yeah. Because I, I've, I feel like she is, like, chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> is where we find her in this film. Just like me. Yeah. 
<laughs> wild card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so she does turn him back into Tristan. He's kind of scrambled. Well, and she does say the wall's that way, but you're probably going to want to lay down for a bit because your brain's going to be scrambled for a while. I love that when he like wakes up from being a mouse. Oh, yes. He says... Victoria, Victoria to Claire Danes and she's like I think I preferred being called mother yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny so they're gonna stay at the inn because Victoria's birthday's tomorrow so yeah. they'll go to the wall the next day because it's only a mile away right and at the inn he takes a nap like he needs to yeah. and she's in the bath and then he kind of like peeks in at her yeah and then like turns around for her to get out and then asks like did you really mean what you said and she was like but you were a mouse you said you wanted cheese and it's like (laughs) no he heard all of it yeah he was like i did want cheese because i'm a human being (laughs) but i also heard what you said yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, and this is where he reveals that the cast that the captain whispered my true love was right in front of my eyes. Yeah. And he was right. Yes. So she glows. They kiss. And then Aww. they. Uh, they get down. They do. Nothing like hotel sex. <laughs> he was getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> she put she put down her wall guard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. I do like that the inn is the slaughtered prince. Yes. I do well, too. And all the princes are there now. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all watching where, or at least Tertius is like, you guys got to see this shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're, they're like, like pervert. No. Yeah. pervert. So we cut to the witch talking to her sisters, finding out that they're at wall. And she's like, well, that's not part of our universe. If she crosses the wall, she becomes a lump of rock. She dies. She's useless to us. Yes. Which is the first time we have found that out as the audience. So we're like, oh no, she can't cross. Right. So we cut to the next morning where Tristan cuts a piece of her hair and wraps it in a handkerchief and goes downstairs. I have things to say about this. Like, what the fuck is he thinking? Like, uh, you just slept with the woman you confess your love with, and the first thing you're going to do when you wake up is cut her hair and take that to Victoria, a woman who now means should mean nothing to you. Well, no, I think he's taking it to Victoria to be like, I fulfilled my end of the bargain, yes. and I still don't want you. Exactly. Yeah, but like, I get it. But like, revenge is not as important as like, Waking up with the person that you just slept with. Yeah. I think you're both right. I think that's why he did it. I actually like that he did it. I wish he had had brunch with her and been like, right. hey, I'm going to run back to wall real quick. I got something to finish up. I will be right back. But because <laughs> she sleeps so late every day, he thought he could just go do a bunch of shit and she wouldn't even notice. But this is how you create misunderstanding. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. At least leave a note. He tries to. Well, he tries to tell an unreliable innkeeper what to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish that like he had waited for her to wake up. And she even says that she's waking up a little bit later. She says, that's the first time I've slept through the night. Yeah. I was like, nice. Mm Nice. That should actually be the one night that they don't sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, and she doesn't say through the night. She just says at night. So she yeah. slept for a portion at night. Uh, but she comes downstairs and the innkeeper delivers the message wrong. Because I believe what the message probably was, he went to go see Victoria to tell her that he's sorry. He found his true love and he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. Yeah. But it's misconstrued. It sounds like he's going to Victoria and leaving Evane. And so Evane just like walks out of the inn and walks toward the wall. Yeah. And also because she doesn't know that that will kill her either. Like Tristan doesn't know, but she doesn't know either. Right. So Tristan's mom sees it happening, but can't break her chain. So she locks Ditchwater Sal in the wagon and drives the wagon toward the wall. From the wagon! 
to the wall. To the wall. To the wall. <laughs> to the car drop down my balls. All these chained up goals. Change, 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 motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> so he gets to Victoria's house. And is like, hey, I found the star. And she's like, well, it's pretty small. And he's like, yeah, I don't. It's not about the size of it. It's about what you can do. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. It's a lot of people think it's a perfectly nice size star. <laughs> it's a girthy uh, star. <laughs> it's a shiner, not a shower. Shower. <laughs> it's a shiner, not a glower. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I like that. But he basically tells her to grow up and get over herself and is like, she's all yours, Humphrey. <laughs> I did love that a lot because Humphrey shows up and this is where he like draws his knife and then Tristan does his, that's not a knife. <laughs> yeah, and this is a knife. Pulls his sword out. But if you watch Humphrey when he takes his little pig sticker out, Mm-hmm. He like does this thing where he like rocks his body a little bit. You're like, what are you doing? Like, it's it's like in Mission Impossible where he cocks his fists like they're guns. <laughs> that is true, but in Mission Impossible, it looks kind of cool. And it looks this, amazing. Yeah, it looks this, so it fucking looks cool. Silly, yeah. It looks very well. Humphrey's supposed to be silly. No, no, no. I, you're I think right. It fits. Yeah, it fits. Uh, so as. He's kind of walking away. He opens his hand and realizes that he just has stardust. It's not her hair anymore. Right. And then he starts to book it back towards the wall because he wants to, like, protect Claire Danes. But I did. This is when I realized that he must have gone to, like, the Tom Cruise school of acting because he looks really good when he runs. Oh, he's like, (laughs) and you're like, is that a T-1000? Yeah, exactly. I was like, damn, Tristan can book it. So also, Ditchwater South's trailer, driven by Una, is going after her too. Yeah. And Septimus is also riding toward the wall and the witch. So they all kind of converge. But Una gets there first and stops Evane from crossing the wall. Just as Ditchwater Sal wakes up, she still can't see Evane. Right. So. Has no idea what's going on, really. She's just like yelling at Tristan's mom, like, why did you bring us here? Where are we? (laughs) Meanwhile, the witch arrives and kills Ditchwater Sal and takes Una and Evane with her. Yeah. Tristan gets to the wall just moments too late, but. He goes into the cart and gets the protection flower. That's how he gets it. Which is a real smart move because he knows he's going to fight some witches. Yep. And he takes the horse and goes after them. Septimus arrives last but follows the trail. Yeah. They arrive at the witch's house, which is like a giant crazy mansion. Well, like in the middle of like a crater of like evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool set design. I really like it. It was cool. Very Final Fantasy. It is, yeah. That's probably why I liked it so much. <laughs> Tristan arrives, and he's intercepted by Septimus, and they decide to work together. Yeah. I do like that Tristan's like, can I trust you? He's like, do you have a choice? He's like, I guess not. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so they go in. The first person they grab is Una, and Septimus recognizes her. Well, yeah, because he's about to kill her. Because when, when they're looking through the window, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, there are four witches we have to kill. Not realizing right. that one of them is his sister, right? So when he right. goes in there, he's going to kill her because he thinks she's a witch. And he's like, oh, wait, this is where you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she gets to meet Tristan and reveal that she's his mother. Yeah. Meanwhile, Septimus deals with the witches. Not super well, but he does throw a sword and kill one of them, who then cackles as she dies. Yeah. <laughs> kinda, she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> This sort of reminded me of uh, Princess Bride, the way Vinzini dies when they uh, yes. he poisons himself with Iocane powder. Yeah. yeah. Never go in against the Sicilian when, when death, death is, is on, on the line! line! That guy is so good in that movie. Wally Sean. Yeah, he's so <laughs> good. So... 
after the first witch dies, Michelle Pfeiffer pulls out like a clay voodoo doll and breaks his arm and his leg and then drops it into water and he drowns in midair, which I've always thought is one of the coolest things in this movie that they do. It is. And it's a really well done effect, especially for 2007. Like it is impressive looking most of the effects pretty much held up yeah i imagine that this movie was expensive as hell and i don't think it made its money back if i remember correctly i think if i remember this movie this movie bombed and it's like a fan favorite now yeah but like yeah. we are definitely gonna talk about that a little bit later <laughs> yeah so tristan is now basically hiding but he's gonna pop out and save Yvain. the witch is sharpening her knives and yeah. tristan emerges and the witch notices that she's glowing so the other sister, the Kathy Najimi stand-in, if this was Hocus Pocus, squares <laughs> off against Tristan. Yes. And he lets all the weasels and ferrets and coyotes that they've been using as sacrifices free. And they tear her to bits and then run away. Yes. Love it. Yeah. I love that for them. Me too. Uh, so he approaches Michelle Pfeiffer, final witch, and he has the protective flower. So she can't basically cast spells on him. So she starts throwing items at him. Very Revenge of the Sith again. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, Mikey. Yep. Um, but he opens the lightning canister and shoots her with it. And she then grabs the zombie, like the voodoo doll out. And now it's zombie Septimus fighting him, which is also a very cool effect it that they do. It really is, man. I was so impressed by it. It's the fight's so cool when he's looking down and his hands going so fast. When it, yeah. When his back is bent backwards. It's and, so yeah. well done. Yeah. I bet that was so difficult for Mark Strong to do. Yeah. I don't know that he did because there are sections where you can't see his. That's true. It's probably like a contortionist or something, but, and, and they're clearly on wires that are taken out it still looks really really cool like it's really well yeah. done so he ends up cutting down chandeliers to try and crush them and it's the he has to cut like three chandeliers till he gets the right one it is very much the robin hood men in tights joke where he like yes. hits the one and it hits someone else and, and then he hits it again yes. and he goes ah right rope yeah. although i love that when he, tristan gets the last one he holds on to the other end and he goes flying up and like just crashes into michelle crashes yes. it's not at all like awesome or like heroic it's like oh shit like it's so funny it looked like, it looked like somebody got hurt in the filming of that scene <laughs> yeah well and she kind of disarms him but then cuts the straps on the table letting evane go yeah or and she kind she? of plays like she's really sad that yeah. her sisters are dead and everything she cared about is gone uh but then it's a trap she shuts them in cackles and she's just like hey thanks for that because i was gonna have to share the heart with both of them and now i don't have to but much like star wars again page it's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do Stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> so Evane at this point holds Tristan tight and is like, close your eyes. I'm going to do what stars do. Shine. Which I'm like, if this was an option the whole time, like. She's like, supernova. <laughs> because if supernova kills Michelle Pfeiffer. It explodes her into goo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I literally said, because I had forgotten, like, uh, the dialogue here. I was like, why didn't she do that forever ago? And then he immediately said, why didn't you do that a moment do ago? That for <laughs> yeah. Well, and we find out that, that she couldn't until she, A, knew that he was there and loved her. Because he yes. had a portion of her heart right it's very sweet so he then picks up her now broken necklace and it glows red because he's now the last remaining heir because it's male heir 
fuck the patriarchy and well i mean it may not have been well i guess his mom does say male heir yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, in my mind i would have loved to have seen his mom pick it up and become the king or queen i guess you know yeah well and i'll go over some stuff in fun facts oh okay cool 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 for as far as the book goes okay so um he's the new king the ghosts go away if you watch the ghosts as they like go away you can see some of them go to heaven but one specifically goes to hell is it septimus yes yeah <laughs> you see his thing turn red and then goes straight down and everyone else's goes up <laughs> yeah, i didn't notice that yeah, that's it's hilarious. great i think it's because he's the one who killed almost all of them except that we do find out that rupert everett killed one of them yes but i think most of the rest are septimus yeah so we cut to a new necklace and he's ruling with a vein as his queen the pirates are at his coronation and Victoria and Humphrey are there and Captain Shakespeare. Yeah. I love that he invited them because the spite of it all. Like, yes. I love that he invited Victoria and Humphrey because that is the level of pettiness that I aspire to one day. <laughs> like, I love that so much. Tom Petty. Todd Petty, get out of here. What I think is really funny is they came. Like, yeah. they went. <laughs> they I mean, but you're not going to not go to the wedding of a king. Oh, of course, of course. In Narnia? I mean, come on. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would you stay in the real world or just live over there? Like, if you had a choice. 100% live over there. Especially because the love of my life, if she crosses the wall, will turn into dust. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm staying yeah. with no, her. No, 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 no. I meant us. Oh, yeah. In my mind, I was Tristan. So you're saying if I was Todd just living in wall, would I then move <laughs> st- to Stormhold? I'd still move yeah, over. I still yeah, would 100%. Uh, yeah, angle, yeah. Are you kidding me? You buy one glass flower and the women want to sleep with you yeah i'm going to stormhold mikey <laughs> but it is a monarchy and we didn't see what kind of systems they set up for government like what is their health care like you think it's better because of magic or worse i think it's better because of magic if you compare times to times it is better because of magic but magic or like scandinavian healthcare now i'd probably go scandinavian healthcare now yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like their copay is like Eye of Newt, but I, I can adapt. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Anyway, his mom gives a gift to them both. A vein opens it and it's a Babylon candle. Yes. They rule for 80 years because no man can live forever. And when their children and grandchildren were grown, it was time to light the Babylon candle and they end up living happily ever after in the sky. Yeah. And And that's that's the the movie. So I have a very visceral memory of an additional scene and it might be a deleted one. I couldn't find anything about it. Okay. I think it might be in the book where Tristan talks to his children. Oh, really? As he and Yvain are going to light the candle where he's like, please don't kill each other. Be nice. <laughs> and, and it's it's the flip side of of the Peter, Peter O'Toole one. I would li- that would be a great scene. I do think that because all of the murderous Stormhold leaders are dead by the time Tristan takes yeah. power, he has literally generations of time to change that narrative or change that mm-hmm. tradition or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's been more than two years. Yeah. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Stardust? Still still love it. Still love it. Yeah, I love this movie. I fell in love with it last night. I don't know if I was just in a a good place. I I think you're in a much better place in the past few months than you have been in years, Mikey. Not just that, but I mean, like the movie like really just hit a hit a like nice warm and fuzzies for me. It Uh, does. Like, yeah. And I think 
less about my personal life and more like how the world is terrible. I'm like, oh, this is nice. I, I needed this. Yeah. yeah. I needed this. I am a sucker for like a classic hero's journey. And this oh, movie is just a classic hero's journey tale. Like every like point in the hero's journey is like defined in this movie. And I, I love that. It makes me want to play like a new Final Fantasy that's like good, midi- like like magical medieval times and also like a love story and good. Yeah. I mean, it would be great if they made a good one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because 15 was terrible. And the MMO, like I, I don't want to play an MMO. I want to play an actual narrative game, please. Yeah. And I don't want my regular one to feel like an MMO. And welcome right. to my video game podcast. <laughs> welcome back to We Hate Fishing, where we talk shit about games that make you feel like you're doing other people's chores. Yes. <laughs> So I can never get into like Stardew Valley or Minecraft or stuff like that. Oh, Stardew Valley may be my favorite game of all time. I love Stardew Valley and I cannot get into it. Very much the same. Welcome back to our podcast. Can I get you P words? A video game. A video game. (laughs) But let's move on. Give me some final thoughts about Stardust. I really liked it. Me too. I think everyone should watch it. It's a great movie. It's worth even revisiting if you've already seen it. It's worth watching again. Yeah. All right. Well, Paige, let's hit him with some fun facts about this movie. Yes. So hit him with those fun facts. Stardust Stardust fun fun facts. facts. So all of the princes, much like Scott Pilgrim, wear something on their clothing with their number in Roman numerals. Well, and Septimus has a seven tattoo. He has a seven tattoo, but he also, all of the buttons on his vest have the number seven on each button. No shit. Okay. (laughs) He always travels with a team of seven until they're killed. Right. And his musical theme is written in seven eighths time. Holy shit. That's amazing. And the reason he gets all of that stuff is because he's the one who lives the longest. (laughs) No one else really lives long enough to get all that cool shit. Yeah. He's the main villain. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. I think the witch is the main villain. Well, I think he's the main royal villain, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. Michelle Pfeiffer is the main villain. But I think if he lived, Tristan would just gave him the necklace and they just would have parted ways. I don't think he would have because once he knows that Clara Danes is the star, he wants to kill her and eat her heart too because he wants to rule yeah. forever. So no, oh, I think yeah, yeah, he would have yeah. had to kill Mark Strong. Yeah, well, and, and this is uh, not to, you know, compare it again, but this is kind of why I, I liken it to Into the Woods where... You do truly have an ensemble cast and you're kind of following everyone's different motives. And some people have maybe darker motives and some people don't. And that's kind of what you're balancing through the movie. Much of Ricky Gervais's dialogue is improv. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah. That checks yeah, out. Uh, specifically, the part about getting her a two-faced dog as a guard dog that can watch the front and the back at the same time. The director, writer, co-writer and director, Matthew Vaughn, who also did, I think he did Wanted, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know he did Lockstock and two, uh, two Smoking Barrels, but he's like a famous British director and producer. Like, he's worked on a lot of stuff. So Matthew Vaughn had great difficulty shooting the scenes at the inn because he couldn't get everybody's schedules to align. What? Yeah, they couldn't get Michelle Pfeiffer, Tristan, and Claire Danes, and the guy who plays Primus, and the guy who plays the goat. Like, he couldn't get everybody at the same time. Yeah. And so most of those scenes are shot with stand-ins. What? Yes, which is why you only ever typically see one person's face at a time. That's amazing. Because it's shot with stand-ins. There is one shot where uh, Claire Danes is like putting her head on Tristan's shoulder and her hair completely obscures her face. So that makes sense. Wow. But that's impressive that he, he did it that well. Yeah. Wow. That's real good work, man. 
Also, speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer, she was his only choice for the Witch Queen. He refused to, like, cast anybody else or even audition anyone else. And it's because he'd been a diehard fan of hers since Grease 2. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I Uh, mean, but Michelle Pfeiffer's amazing. If she wants to do your movie, she's in your movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. As I mentioned, this is a book first. And so Miramax originally had the movie rights to the book, but let them expire. So they held on to those rights for years and let them expire. And Neil Gaiman felt uncomfortable re like exercising the option for them to keep the rights, but also uncomfortable selling the rights to someone else. So he granted them to Matthew Vaughn because they are friends in real life and granted them for free. Wow. Because he trusted him as a friend and as someone who stuck to his word. And he actually has been pretty happy with the adaptation. So that I like it worked out, I guess. That's great. Yeah. And he ends up being a producer on the film. So he does still get paid for it just in a different way. Yeah. It's just not for the rights, but as a producer. Yeah. Right. But as they started going into production, he felt like Matthew Vaughn was very comfortable with all the action scenes, but was struggling with some of the love scenes. So they brought in a co-writer, Jane Goldman, to basically give them kind of a little more heart. And I think that's why we get such a really sweet love story in this movie. Yeah. But Matthew Vaughn almost didn't get to direct this movie because they offered it to Terry Gilliam first. Really? Because Yeah, because he had just finished Brothers Grimm yeah. and he turned it down. Wow. And that's how Matthew Vaughn gets to direct it. That's surpri- I guess this is early on in his directorial stuff. Like he yeah. starts out as a producer and not necessarily directing and stuff. But he did a great job. I think he does great with this. Well, yeah. And uh, he was just coming off X-Men Last Stand, which is one of my least favorite X-Men movies, to be fair. He did not direct that. He didn't direct it. He didn't write that either. He didn't write it either. He was one of the producers. uh, But that's how he gets access to that glass knife, the like big black one, because it was originally designed for Magneto, but it was never actually used in the movie. Oh. No shit. That's where they got those dragon glass knives for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, cool. Yep. So Ben Barnes, who's the actor who plays Tristan's father as a young man, was actually a fan favorite for Tristan and people wanted him to be Tristan. And it was like this whole battle okay. because they considered him, quote, more attractive. Uh, And Matthew Vaughn fought to cast Charlie Cox, who was kind of an unknown at the time, over like the studio really wanted Orlando Bloom. Oh, man. But he was kind of too old and he was a little too pretty. And he was like, no. Probably too pricey at this point, too. Like, yeah. No, the studio was willing to put some money into this. Probably ill-advised. But Charlie Cox at the time, he thought he could play nerdy and transition him into being more attractive, better. I could see Orlando Bloom in this too, though. He's too old. He's supposed to be 18. And at this time, he was easily in his 30s. Yeah. I really like Charlie Cox in this. I feel like he has a, a very sweet vibe that I think works. Yes, I, he has that sweetness and vibe. Yeah. He's really good in Daredevil later. Yeah, on. I was about to say he's yes! he's great in almost everything he does. Fucking loved mm-hmm. him in Daredevil. Yeah, he's great. But they wouldn't let him cast Charlie Cox until he had already cast Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, 
and Claire Danes because then they figured they had enough star power that it wouldn't torpedo the movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. Those are like three huge actors. Yeah, Yeah. and Robert De Niro, oddly enough, accepted the role because he regretted turning down the role of Barbosa in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Oh, he would have been a great Barbosa. I mean, Jeffrey Rush does a great job, though. Like, I, I am not mad with what we end up with in that first Pirates no. movie. Yeah, that first Pirates movie is the bomb. Yeah. Now, as far as Evane goes, Anne Hathaway, Scarlett Johansson, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Jessica Alba all turned that role wow, down. Wow, they turned it down. Wow. They turned it down. And thank goodness, because... I can't see the only one that I could maybe see would be Anne Hathaway. Sure. I, I could see Anne Hathaway doing it, but I love Clara Danes. I, th- I feel like she's the perfect casting for this. Yeah. Well, and remember, this is also this is like Princess Diaries Anne Hathaway. That's true. So this yeah. Is like young, sweet Anne Hathaway. That could have worked. But I think Claire Danes really lends a very kind of calm sweetness that I really like. Yeah, I love her in this. During the fight with the witch at the end. Charlie Cox was doing some of his own stunts and got hit with that giant vase and it knocked him unconscious. Oh, (laughs) shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, The three witches actually share their names with witches from Greek mythology. So uh, Lamia, who is Michelle Pfeiffer, and Mormo were demons who ate children. Oh, wow. Okay. Lamia was one of Zeus's many lovers. I mean, there's like so many. Um, and Empusa, the other sister, was a creature sent by the goddess Hecate to eat travelers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and in the book, and I'll get more into the book in just a second, the witch's role is a little more minor. And when Michelle Pfeiffer signed on for the movie, they had to expand it to uh. make it like worth her while, basically. Um, and before I get into the book, the letter that the scientist sent to Dunstan reads dear sir thank you for your inquiry concerning the existence of another world beyond the wall surrounding your village in our opinion the hypothetical existence of such a gateway would run contrary to all known laws of science subsequently in the opinion of my esteemed colleagues and myself the idea may be safely dismissed as merely colorful rural folklore. I thank you again for your inquiry, and I hope that our con- that our conclusion will enable you to proceed with your life, yours faithfully. That's amazing. I love that. That's a really polite letter. <laughs> it is. This is a very polite letter to be like, you crazy. Yeah, that scientist is like, how am I going to respond to this? And like halfway through, he's like, I'm crushing this letting this kid down <laughs> easy thing. Yeah, that's great. All right, so let's talk about the book a little bit. So in the book, uh, Tristan's name is actually Tristran. Tristran? It's got Tristran. Yeah. It's got an extra R in it. And as I mentioned, the market is a regular trade fair that sets up in the clearing right through the portal. And it's like an occasion for the village. Okay. So it's common for there to be some overlap. Shortly into Tristan's journey, he actually meets a fellow traveler and they get caught and have to basically fight off animals in the woods. And Tristan discovers that he can kind of instinctively know any of the locations with basically using fairy powers. Tristan, we will find out, is half something. Right. Because he's half wall, half not. That traveler is the one who gives him the Babylon candle. Oh, okay. So a lot of the things that change from book to movie are like, in the movie, it's a straighter through line to the same end goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which you sort of have to do to slim down runtime. Right. Because you can't shot for shot the book. Right. And- Uh, Like, for example, the Babylon candle, it doesn't just take you exactly where you want. It just takes you every step you take is leagues long. 
So when you walk towards the thing you want, you just get there faster. Okay. But when Tristan and Yvaine basically escape into the clouds, the reason they end up in the clouds is because the inn was on a mountain and that's where the few steps took them. Okay. In the book, the lightning catchers, or essentially the airship, pick them up in the clouds and then just drop them right back off. They're barely in the book. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I that's one of those movie changes that I think is for the better. Yeah, I really like that. Because... I really like Yeah, them. I like the band of pirates. I love that. Right. So the witch sets a trap for kind of the final part of the road to wall and ends up killing Septimus in the in the process. So Septimus is not part of the final battle? Septimus isn't part of the final battle, and Ditchwater oh. Sal comes past her trap with Evane in the back of her wagon. Yeah. But because she can't see her and she... Ditchwater Sal and the witch know each other. She passes by into the city right before Wall, just past the witch without the witch ever knowing that she's inside. Right. So there's a little more in that kind of cart. Okay. Victoria isn't as grating in the book. And she is very upset when Tristan comes back where she's like, you disappeared. We all thought you died. I'm so sorry. Like, I should have never sent you. And he forgives her and is like, but still go marry that other guy. Yeah. Una's curse is like a complicated, like you can be free in a week where the moon loses her daughter and two Mondays come together. Oh, I hate riddles. And so Yvain, <laughs> Moon's daughter, she falls for Tristan and Victoria's marriage uh, to her intended love, who I, Humphrey's last name is Monday in the uh. book. So it's implied that all of these things come together to break that curse. Also, something that they really cover in the book that they don't cover as much in the movie is Yvaine is useless once she tells Tristan that she loves him because she now no longer owns her heart is essentially what the movie posits is that he now owns her heart okay and and she owns his by extension i guess sure but okay a little kind of old-fashioned oh and that's probably why they changed it <laughs> yeah. uh, but essentially in the book once the witch discovers this she's like well then i don't need to kill you but also damn it yeah as they're kind of wrapping up the book una returns to stormhold but tristan and Evane take like the long way around they spend time together like taking trips around the land and it doesn't take a lot of time in the book it's just a couple pages of, like they went here they went there yeah before eventually coming back to the kingdom and it is implied that it is a fairy kingdom and he is part fey and that's part of why they can kind of travel and also why they can't trust him right <laughs> if i know anything about Paige's rules yeah don't yeah, never 100%. trust the fucking fey don't trust the fey essentially he's a changeling uh but anyway so <laughs> they during this section of the book it's implied that they then went and killed the witches for safety and in the book Yvain never returns to the stars tristan dies of old age or tristran i should say dies of old age and then she it is implied continues to rule in his stead presumably forever oh wow okay yeah so it's it, like the book is really good read the book for sure if you like this movie read the book yeah absolutely well awesome. it's not very different and those are our fun facts well thank you so much for those awesome fun facts page let's talk some box office so this movie let's. came out in 2007 what do you think the production budget for it was Ooh, I think this was expensive as shit. I think this movie cost like 80 mil. Okay. Oh, I'm going to say 60. All right. You guys are on either side of it. It was $70 million to make this movie. Now, if you adjust that for inflation, that is $92 million. So it's an expensive movie. 
it's all on the screen though i mean like here's the i know where they spent that money yeah. and like sometimes we get rom-coms that cost 60 grand and you're like where the fuck is that money but this i'm like there's a lot of effects there's a lot of cool set pieces there's a lot of location shots yeah. there's a lot of costumes there's a lot of people and yeah that makes sense yeah i understand why this is that expensive absolutely i do so let's talk about how it did when it came out on August 10th, 2007. It was fourth the weekend it came out. It was beat by Rush Hour 3, The Bourne Ooh. Ultimatum, The Simpsons Movie, Stardust was number four, and then Hairspray was number five. So Ooh. what do you think it made in its opening weekend? Opening weekend, I think this makes $8 million. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go more. I'm going to say 15. All right. Page is closer. It was oh, $9.1 no. million in its opening weekend. And here's weekend. how I know. Bombs. Because we saw Simpsons movie opening weekend and we saw Hairspray opening weekend and we saw Born Ultimatum opening weekend and Rush Hour 3 opening weekend. And we did not see this movie until it had been out for weeks. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't do great in theaters. But what do you think it went on to make in its domestic box office? 30 or 40. Yeah, I was going to say 40. Okay. I think it tops out around 40. So you're very, very close. It tops out at 386 million dollars on again Ooh. 70 million dollar budget oh. but i do oh. have a big butt coming in here so yeah it did really well internationally it made oh, 98.3 million dollars internationally so it brought in more than its budget back uh, in fact a total worldwide box office of 137 million dollars and then it did really well in domestic DVD and Blu-ray performance. It made $26 million there. So it did pretty well, just did not do well in the States. Yeah. Until video, right? It did great on yeah. uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, mm -hmm. But it just did not do great in the theaters in the States. And I think that's very similar to The Princess Bride. That was yeah. a $15 million budget. And if you adjust that for inflation from like 1987 to now, that's $36 million. Um, mm -hmm. And it made $31 million in the theaters when it came out. Yeah. Which, again, if you adjust that for inflation, that's around $74 million. Uh, and mm -hmm. it just did much, much better post theaters, just like Stardust did. Yeah. But that is your box office. Well, thank you. So this week, Paige <laughs> made us watch Stardust, but next week is my week. Yes, yes, tell us. What are we watching? I'm so excited about this. So, And I'm going to walk you through how I ended up with this movie. Because I started doing research, and what I typed into Google was, is Ladybugs a rom-com? The soccer movie? Yes. No. Ladybugs isn't a rom-com. Okay. That's yeah. what I learned. But what I did learn... Is that there's a movie that's pretty much, well, it's very similar to Ladybugs that came out in 2006 with. Oh, wait. Is this the one with. Uh, with Amanda Bynes, Channing Tatum, yes, David yes, Cross. Yes, it yes. is. She's the man. And that yes. is what I'm making you guys watch next week. I love oh, She's boy. the Man. So what I need all you guys to do is to have your twin brother fuck off for a few weeks. You dress up like him and go to his elite boarding school and then fall in love with the head soccer player and watch She's the Man. Is that the plot? Yes. Uh, yes, But also you need to chew like you have a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. I've never seen it. but You've never seen no, it? I've never seen you it. seen it? No, I've never seen it. <gasps> 
Oh, I can't wait. You are in for a treat. This movie is bonkers in the best possible way. You've got young Channing Tatum, hot as hell. Yes. Probably before he learned to read. Um, Yes. Yeah. I, and by the way, I pro- already promised people in the Facebook group, I will make you guys watch Magic Mike XXL at some point. Do it. Uh, But this is a good precursor. Nice. All right. So, awesome. Yeah. So next week, watch She's the Man. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Nice. Look at you doing your job. So well, whose review are you going to read this week, Mikey? We got a bunch, actually. Yeah. I'm going to read uh, R.M. Butler because I know her. Nice. Well, what does R.M. Butler have to say? She says, in all honesty, I only started listening to support a friend from college. (laughs) I wonder where you know her from, Mikey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But have, quote unquote, fallen, tripped up the stairs in love with the whole crew. Oh, my thank you, (laughs) R.M. Butler. I look forward to my drive to work on Thursdays. Thanks to you guys. Thank you for all the giggles as well as the wonderful insights you provide. Well, RM Butler, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We really appreciate it. We did get a bunch. Yeah, we did. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, make sure to leave us a five-star text review so Mikey can read it. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I am Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pit. You're my heroine now. (laughs) That is like your go-to. Yeah. What movie is it from? Twilight. It is Twilight, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a little impressed you knew that. Yeah. My guess is that you were going to say Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, we also, we have another one of those to watch. Bye. Bye.